Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence, one stripe at a time. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Tiger Paw Radio. And if you can see us, that means you're watching on TigerTube, so thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, very excited this week. I've actually got a special guest on today, Norma Conkey, who I'll let introduce himself in just a minute. Uh, but one of the things I'd like our guests to do is, is introduce one interesting fact that you may or may not know. And one interesting fact for myself with Norm is that I would not even be in the Managed Print Services channel if it wasn't for that first job that I took working with uh, Norma Conkey way back in the day. Uh, so, Norm, I'm not sure if I should uh, thank you or or the opposite for getting me into this space, but welcome to the show. Hey, Wes. Thanks a lot. Yeah. And and if you could, for audience, I mean, uh, nobody knows you better than yourself. Uh, so if you could introduce yourself quickly and maybe share one interesting thing that people may not uh, be aware of. All right. Uh, well, for an interesting fact, uh, I guess it's, it, one of the things that people like about being an outside sales rep is that you get to travel. And uh Quickly on in my uh, in, in my travel world and experiences, I started to kind of put different pins in in, in the map, and uh, and I made it a goal to make sure that I went to every state in the lower forty eight, every province uh, and territory in Canada, and then every country in the EU when I went over and sold to Europe. So um, I, I'm a firm believer that whoever uh, dies with the most stamps in their passport wins. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm I'm making my way there. Well, that's great. I love hearing these uh, travel stories. And I just did an interview with uh, Jay McBain from uh, Forrester Research uh, last week. And one of his interesting facts was that he's finally uh, visited each of the seven wonders of the world, right? So I've I've definitely got to do some work on my bucket list compared to both of you. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, that's great. Really appreciate being with us here today. Now, uh, the topic today that we're going to be talking about is e-commerce. And that is obviously a pretty broad term, uh, but for our channel, I think it means some pretty important things. And it's definitely a contentious one in our, our channel as well, right? This whole idea of marketplace, uh, this whole idea of uh, direct sales, you know, et cetera. So I want to take our viewers and our listeners through this. And maybe we can start because, you know, you've been a visionary in the channel for a long time when you started uh, working with uh, dealers to offer the first agnostic um, sort of managed print tool to be able to monitor and manage devices and uh, toner levels and and volumes and all that kind of stuff. And then fast forward in your career to when you started MPS Toolbox. So maybe you can talk about how that uh, how that started. Uh, what got you thinking about that long before it was you know even an idea on our channel? What inspired you? Sure. Um, God, I, I could go back to the '90s, West, where I started the you know in the world of remanufacturing and then got into software. But um, a, a good starting point is probably uh, Printfleet and the remote monitoring world where we started to you know, look and understand just how much information was available on printers and, and what we could do with that information. Uh, and when I sold my interest in having founded that, sold it in uh, 2008 and kind of looked and saw what else was out there, I started looking and saying, you know, there's not enough done with, let's say, the transactional print side of the business. And also looking at, at, at managed print, I just thought, the whole process seemed a little bit too manual. And so how can we, how can we automate things and manage print? And my jumping off point in, 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 in that world was, what if we could do a better, we're not doing enough with managed print. What if we could get more deals? And, and I think the, the sticking point was, 
how we could do it faster. So I so MPS Toolbox started out as something that said, well, let's build a database of products and then um, we can use remote monitoring software to look and see what exists and then automate it and say, this printer's good, this printer's bad, I'd replace this one, here's some problematic ones, page counts, all of these things that we could do in an automated fashion. I built that and then um, just like any software, you start to fall in love with it yourself. But then I realized it still wasn't hitting the mark. There were other free products, but the, the, the thing that started hitting me was customers in any way, shape or form, there's a certain segment and an overwhelming segment that just didn't want to be managed. They just said, it's not really a problem for me. I just want to buy things transactionally. So we took that database and then morphed it into, well, how would you buy them transactionally? And so this is about, you know, probably eight or nine years ago that we started seeing, look, people can buy things online. Buying a toner cartridge online doesn't need to be a difficult experience. Buying a printer online doesn't need to be a difficult experience. So, you know, naively, out we went into the market and decided that we were going to start to, you know, this this project on on e-commerce. And, and that's kind of how we got started into the biz. I, th I think it's fascinating, really, because, you know, one of the things that I always paid attention to in, in my career as an MPS specialist was this this whole idea um, that, you know, we got to about 30% of the pages in the world being managed and everyone said, well, that's great. We've got another 70% to go after, right? And of course, that's not true. <laughs> to your point, you know, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that people simply don't want managed. They want fulfilled, they want taken care of, but they don't necessarily, you know, want to care for management, right? And and so that's why this whole e-commerce uh, 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 topic really got me interested because, like, wow, um, as a dealer, being experienced with that equipment, uh, being experienced with office copy and print to still be able to facilitate those customers that maybe are looking for less management, right? And I think we get a little bit snobby about what we call managed print as well, right? Like, does it have to be cost per page? Uh, does it have to be flat rate? Does it have to be uh, bundled cartridges? Or can uh, part of it just be managing the buying experience, right? Like, why isn't that managed print? <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. And it, you know, it, and on that conversation, it's 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 the idea of well, what, you know, what problem are you solving? I love your idea about hey, we got to thirty percent. There's another seventy percent. The world and you know all the uh, all the people buying organizations out there will say, oh, what's the total addressable market? You know, in theory, one hundred percent of the market could be managed. In reality, no, it's not going to be close to that. And I don't think that you know print. Uh, it, it, this, this is you know I'll always prefacing. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just kind of saying <laughs> what I see and, and what's out there is is print for most companies is not as significant a problem as it used to be and 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 managing something it, neither is buying a toner cartridge or deciding what printer you need by and large a lot of companies and people do that themselves they do it every day and and if if we keep thinking that that's a difficult thing that uh, you know that that we're solving for customers the customers keep telling us it's actually not that hard to do myself so i'm going to go ahead and do it um and 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 that's kind of what is what is absolutely changing in the market. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, our knee our knee-jerk reaction is to tell them they just don't know what they're talking about yet, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, it's it's more complicated than you think. And oftentimes it's not. And I see this revenue that we're simply leaving on the table. What's the expression? You know, sell what the people are buying, right? So if they don't think it's that complicated and I can find a way to better help them and service them for the way that they want to buy. And by all means, I'll take their money, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the you know the, the like the the cost of making a mistake. I think is an important piece too. Where 
where it used to be, hey, I printed so much and I buy the wrong machine and it constantly breaks down and people can't do things. And I'm spending, you know, I'm printing thousands of pages and I'm spending, you know, 12 or 15 cents a page where I could be printing five. You can quickly make a decision, you know, or, or a case that, wow, don't make that mistake. You're throwing money out the window. Now they're kind of looking and saying, Meh, I could buy a pretty good printer for 500 bucks. Maybe I'm spending, you know, hundred bucks more a month. It's not that big a problem. Even if you solve it, the time it takes you to tell me what you're solving is my time is probably more valuable than the problem you're so, you're you're solving. And that's where there's like this X factor, you know, that I've that I've crossed the line of giving value to the customers. Yeah, it's true. And and this will segue into uh, another question that we have in the interview. But you know, when I started in the managed services space, kind of looking at the different oh. options that exist there, I, I was shocked and amazed to realize how ignorant I had become of how much uh, money was actually spent on other things, right? So when you look at uh, print, I think the numbers that I uh, looked at years ago were 17 to $24 a user per month. That has obviously with the pandemic gone down uh, to probably 11 to less than $20 a user. Um, to your point, those numbers uh, compared to let's just say managed IT, if somebody's buying a full managed IT stack, they could be spending 150 to $190 a seat, right? Yeah. Uh, cybersecurity, forty to sixty dollars uh, per seat. So all of a sudden, that you know, what we're making a big problem in the print space, it simply isn't that anymore, right? You know, I completely agree. Um, let's talk about this for a second because when we think of e-commerce, the first thing that people kind of automatically go to is like Amazon, right? They start thinking about the you know eight hundred pound gorilla that's out there in the marketplace, and when people need something, you know, they go to Amazon, right? So. Why do dealers need to start thinking of embracing e-commerce, number one, and, and instead of just ignoring it as something that, that they can't win at, right? So what, what's that proposition for them? So I, I, one thing I would, I would say to all dealers first is, is, you know, why be excited about the category to begin with? And, and, and answering your question, one of the things I'll say with, the, with the, the, the dealers and owners is hardest thing you can do online and hardest thing you can do in business is acquiring a customer. Like that is so hard and, and hard and expensive. But the, the, the beautiful thing about the market and why I think it continues to be a, a great opportunity for everybody is that by and large, traditional, let's say dealerships have hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of customers that already have a trusted relationship with you. That is the best place to start off with. I would rather be there than trying to acquire customers. In fact, one of my first forays was to sell print online, you know, where I had a good process and a product, but I had no customers. And I quickly realized, oh my God, that is the hardest thing to do. So I morphed quickly and said, well, the dealers already have customers. Let's talk about that. Um, but the, you know, the, the, the Amazon experience, I think is, it, it's really important to just, you know, whatever, take a picture of, of, take the logo, print it off and put it up on your board, because that's who sh you should be thinking about every day. That's, the, the statistic that I saw that is is unbelievable is that is that sixty percent of all product searches now start on Amazon, so they don't go to Amazon. They're already there, right? So they're already in your customer space. I, I would be surprised if you looked at all customers that ten percent of them are not buying something on a regular basis from Amazon. So so they are your competitor no concern about the person down the street. They have their, let's say their, their printer contracts and you have yours. 
the the two make cross, but not as much as Amazon crosses into your path every week. Um, and and I think that the marketplace that is Amazon has continued to increase from. Um, it, it, and one thing we can copy from them is they may have started off with one category, as we all know, books, but then they moved into toys, then they moved into other products. So I think that that tried and true strategy for successful companies is what we're after. Like, take, take the one category, take your trusted relationship, take the one category and just proliferate out of it a little bit so that they start thinking. And, and by the way, when you get to that second category, it's hard. It's hard. to hardest thing is to get a customer then to get them to buy multiple segments from you, right? But by the time you get to that, the third, the fourth, the fifth type of thing they buy from you becomes way easier. So, yeah, I love that. And uh, I think the cost actually, I was just updating a guide uh, based on converged services. Uh, the cost of acquiring a new customer is anywhere from 10 to 25 times more expensive uh, than a sale for an existing customer. I mean, that's that's astonishing, right? You know, the amount of money there. And I think everybody watching here, uh, you know, can feel that. I would say the other uh, thing that I would mention, and we'll we'll probably talk about a little more in depth a little later, or maybe right now, um, is, you know, this idea of adjacencies, right? That when you mention that existing customer base, um, a lot of people, the mistake they make when they get into managed IT, for example, is that they're going to sell all their customers managed IT. And, and the answer is they're not um, because they're a different customer base. Typically, when people are buying managed print, they're doing it because they're a large organization. They have a certain amount of complexity they want to help with. Um, typical managed IT customer, much smaller. They, they may not even necessarily have the resources to manage their environment, which is why they're out there looking for help, right? So this idea of sticking with these uh, with these printers, something that we're familiar with, this adjacency really, you know, really strikes me as a smart idea. And and Wes, it, it it's a great point because the, you know, what part of the market are we talking about? Well, I think it's it, it should be verticalized, and maybe those verticals should start off with the ones that still have a pretty good reliance on print the finance folks, the legal folks, you know, potentially the educational ones, um, just different markets, real estate, you know, if it could be, there's there's various, you know, areas, think of the world as that, uh, is your customer base. But also, um, yeah, and, and also understand that it's the S in SMB, okay? You are gonna have, as a dealership, a very difficult time taking your e-commerce, you know, or, or your solutions and sell them into large, large businesses. There it's, it's, you know, the old red ocean, blue ocean stuff. It's red up there. You know, everybody's <laughs> trying to hit that account. The OEMs directly are trying to hit them. The, you know, the, the large, you know, online resellers, the large IT conglomerates. And so you going in there, uh, good luck, hard. <laughs> but the, you know, the S part, those, those people with, you know, that, that, that they might have, you know, let's say sub 30 employees, I've often thought it interesting that our industry jumped from what they really know well, which is stuff, boxes, and then they moved into IT and said, well, forget about the stuff. Now let's just talk about the services. I'm like, no, I, there, there's a huge opportunity with stuff online if you do it right. And that's where e-commerce, if you're going to sell that stuff, it needs to be something that you can automate the process for. First off, it starts with, again, when you're with your customers. And thinking that you're trying to proliferate your, not just focusing on new customers. New customers are great. They'll come in. But the existing ones, why are they going to go to your site? What are they going to do? Well, if you're starting off with print, let's let them buy a toner cartridge. Like, how about that for a crazy idea? 
So they, so they, they're, they're not going to come and phone you because that's hard and they're not going to fill out a form. They just want to search for the product. In this case, maybe I got an HPM 602. Um, if I wanted, you know, you know, in your point, maybe they've approved compatible supplies that I could buy. Um, you know, maybe they could just buy OEMs for that particular device. And if they want to, they can add it to the cart and, you know, and, and then it's done. It's added to the cart. It, it's not hard. But then the next thing they would do is you'd say, okay, well, maybe I'm going to want, you know, to sell, uh, to sell printers. And, and of course you should sell those online. In this example here, I could look for particular products. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, even if I wanted to, I could say, you know, is there a brand that I like? Do I like Epson? Do I like HP? Is there a category here? Yeah. You know what? I, I want a multifunction device, you know, or maybe I just want a single function. You know, what about its output? Do I want something in color? Well, it's going to filter that, or do I want it in black and white? So, so again, we, we try to tell people that, you know, print is confusing. You can't do this stuff yourself. I think you can. They could go ahead and say, yep, that's the one that I, you know, that I may want to buy. Or I could, you know, I could say, hey, maybe you want a rep to help you configure this. Done. Sales are the new leads. Now, this is interesting. So on the screen now, we're moving away from printers because that's not the only thing people buy. What are we looking at now? You know, when you take that buying process out of the customer's hands, then and, and you they don't come back to the website, they don't really know all the other things that you have to sell. So if they buy a toner cartridge and came here and, and, and all of a sudden understood just, well, what else you got? Well, I have all these other things. Like, oh, hey, that's what, you know, that's what Amazon did. They just kept selling and adding products. And, and be, because the website was used as this, you know, this, this central place where people could go and do all manner of things. Yeah. You know, there is no single industry that's free of this. Right. And uh, as you know, we were just talking about it earlier before we actually started recording that my wife's a retailer. And uh, thanks to the you know pandemic and other things, when her store was closed, um, she very quickly went to an e-commerce platform to be able to do um, uh, local delivery, right? So people could order from that. And the one thing I found very intriguing about that whole exercise was that th there was also a buy local component to it. So there is nothing that she sells that can't be bought on Amazon or Etsy or some other thing, right? Like there's nothing, but people supported that site because they knew her as a retailer, as a person in the community and said, no, I prefer to buy from you. Right. So I got to think with things like this, I think there is some localization coming back to our marketplace, even as office equipment dealers where people want to work with people that they know, right. They want to support businesses that they know. And I think the, the, the internet and the data really backs all of that up West. Like, you know, it used to be that if you searched for a product online, you know, if you go back a decade and you were selling cars, the biggest car dealership that might've been in Los Angeles, you know, would all of a sudden show up in your local market and it wouldn't be particularly relevant, but you know, Google understands that local component. And when you're searching for something and, and the category that you're searching in, it'll start serving up local options for customers. And, and Google changes their algorithms a lot constantly that, that is difficult to keep up with people. And, and there's a notion of somebody's going to come and talk to you and say, oh, I, I can get you on the first page of Google. We ever heard that, right? Like you get <laughs> two of them a day. But the reality is, you know, I, I'm always intrigued that this, you know, 20,000 of the smartest engineers that focus on search work at Google, right? But somebody somewhere in the basement of a house has figured out how to game the system and do better than Google. I don't think so. Right? <laughs> You're not going to fool them. Right? But what do they, what do they really care about? 
when if they serve up a page when you look for a particular product does the customer stay on that site or do they bounce how long do they stay right can they access that with their mobile phone or can they access that with their computer you know if they transact do they come back all of these things google keeps track of and they share it with you like you put google analytics on your site it'll tell you that so i i think it's it's important to note that they're they're serving up people that are local they'll serve you up um, as long as when people search for a product and you show up and they go to that site that their customers have good experiences because they will stop serving you up if you don't have if they're if their customers the person clicking um doesn't stay on the site and they bounce then google will look at that like well i didn't do a good job today i sent them to the wrong place and if i don't do a good job then tomorrow maybe they won't use me to search so you can't fool them and they're no. really you know we're in this together but I, I think there's a there's a huge opportunity and that's why i think if you send somebody to a site uh and, and it's not a simplified e-commerce site because most of the people are people want to buy stuff if, especially if they're looking at technology I just, why am i looking like just i'm curious what the world of laptops looks like no i want to buy one right of course i do so so if you send them to a site and the customer gets there and they and they're not even sure that you sell laptops or printers and then they open up a few pages and they got to drill down and down and down and then they're asked to fill out a form they're quickly going to be like i'm out of here I'm, I'm going somewhere else so so you got to put yourself in that mode of what the heck's the customer looking to do and, and try to serve that up yeah how does the customer buy today right and you know i can remember in the early days of my uh, sales career, I was selling corporate internet services and the internet didn't exist uh, for companies back then. It was being used in education facilities and the military. And most of the time in those early days, I would go to offices and try and sell people on this concept of a web page, right? And also of email, like here's these new fascinating ways to communicate and be seen in the world. And most people at that time said, kid, I like your enthusiasm, but it's not going anywhere. I've got the yellow pages right? I've got a phone. I don't need this stuff. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's better. And then fast forward when it, you know, took over the world, uh, there were a lot of uh, people that, you know, I guess some people will call them Luddites where they still sort of stayed behind that trend. But just like that, the e-commerce genie is out of the bottle, right? It's not going anywhere. The way that people buy, the way that they do their research online, that's not going anywhere. So it's either, you know, you have to become, I think, a part of that uh, for the customer buying journey or get out of the way, right? Yeah, I, I was uh, at a customer site the other day and, and, and they were talking about, you know, what are people doing differently? And and a lot of obviously good value in, in, in talking with people about their experiences. The the thing that he said was they were offered because inventory was so bad that they were going to buy, uh, you know, 30 of a specific machine. So I said, you know what, if we can get it, let's buy it. And he said, buy those. And then I'll buy, you know, just a base standard product, um, you know, that was, you know, could print A3 and, you know, no specific bells and whistles. He said, well, and I'm going to buy five finishers with it too, just because people, you know, may want, you know, something specific. He said, I quickly sold 25 products and now I have five finishers. So, <laughs> so but, but the, the, the neat thing about that is, is people are starting to want less complication. And, and what you'll also, what you're seeing and what you'll start to see is manufacturers starting to get on that because if if they understand that most of their customers and most of their products are being bought online then they'll start to make products that don't require such configuration in other words if they build a product 
if I'm a manufacturer and I build a product that really can't be sold online, that's crazy. Like, of course the product has to be sold online. So you're starting to see that come through the system. And I'm going to say that, that that's something that, that dealerships have to look at is, is going to become part of the world where, you know, that complication of you saying, well, hold on, I'll add this. And then, but if you have this finisher, you can't have the stapler because it includes this, but, oh, hold on, you know, this source doesn't fit with this stand. So these things don't work like that, that complication that the internet is forcing that complication out of the system and simple yeah. products. Yeah. It's like playing twister, right? Like you know, saying, no, no, trust me. You'll like it. It's like, no, most people don't. <laughs> Well, that's great. Hey, listen, in respect for your time, Norm, um, we're getting to that part of the interview now where I have to ask what I like to call the impossible question, which is if you if you had just one piece of advice for you know dealers that were looking to profit and grow with e-commerce, uh, what would that be? Apart from the obvious part, which is start, right? Don't uh, don't face the just just make the decision if you're an owner that you're going to start, and don't put those unrealistic you know expectations. In, in front of yourself. Like I, you know, to your point, it's coming, it's not going away. The genie's not going back in the bottle. So, so you better get out and understand what it looks like. And I would say, take, if you're going to give it a fair shot, right. Instead of replacing one of the sales reps that may have left or as an open requisition, take that. And, and by the way, when you bring on an employee and you say, what is their chance of success over the next year? Right. If somebody's a new copier dealer and they haven't done it before, or a sales rep, I should say, it's a tough success for them to have. But if you just take those resources and you put those into an e-commerce engine, both the infrastructure, the training, the learning, and you take that person and you let them, you know, Johnny Appleseed the concept through the organization, then then that's how you start to build and, and do this. So so invest properly and and. Honestly, the investment is not just in my infrastructure, like the actual physical cost of the website and 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 the products that you want to put on it and things. It is really your time and, and, and expertise. And realize it's not a it is not a get rich quick scheme. You, you you need to make that investment. And you know, you should have made it yesterday, two years ago, but you can't make it two years from now. You you, you gotta do it now. I love it. Get started. And you said another important thing there, which we didn't even really uh, talk too much about in this, which is the uh, living through the great resignation, right? And that every time I talk with a dealer, trying to get service techs and sales reps is impossible. Well, I got to think that getting an e-commerce platform is a lot simpler than getting people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a good point, right? Like it's it, it's there. And, it, and I think there's there's a story there, right? Like if, if you have a job where it's easy, you know, the, the fish are jumping into the boat. You know, and 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 people are making their bank in cash. They're making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year. You're not going to have a problem hiring a sales rep. Yeah. Why are you having a problem hiring a sales rep right now? Because it's it's a hard living. So so thinking about that, and even you know, as a preservation piece, West, imagine thinking about your existing sales reps and say, how do I prevent some of those reps from jumping? And I think one of those things is, hey, rep. You know your your revenue base, your paycheck, your livelihood has been focused on one subset of products for the last twenty years. I want to expand that so you can make more money. And, and I, I think this is the way to do it, right? I love it, and that's this whole idea as we move into the world of converged services, uh, giving people more ways to make money instead of what we've been doing, 
uh, which is less ways to make money. So really appreciate that. And uh, Norm, cannot thank you enough for doing this interview today. And for all of our listeners and everyone viewing, um, thank you very much for tuning into another episode. And until next time, keep learning. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com and click on the resources tab. You can also subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.